Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership, a podcast series that dives into the energy, financial, government, healthcare, manufacturing, and retail industries. The IDC team will discuss hot topics and provide insightful, fact-based research and strategies to help your organization become truly resilient. Presented by IDC on the Voice America Business Channel. And now, here's our host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. I'm producer and host Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. This is the second of our three weekly podcasts on the topic of becoming digitally resilient in government and smart cities. Really interesting topic. Today we're talking about digital resiliency in the federal government. Let me give you a little overview and then I'll introduce my guest. Digital trust and cybersecurity are core elements of digital resiliency in federal government. Today I'm joined by by Adelaide O'Brien. Adelaide, wave hello. There she is. And Ruth B. Yesner is back with us again. They're going to talk about the latest U.S. federal regulations and activity around a topic that's top of mind for everybody, whether it impacts you, your, your family, your company, or you just read about it and get scared. Cybersecurity, as well as edge security, and something that's recently in the news, zero trust architectures. We're going to give you a little taste of what this is all about. So let's do some introductions. Adelaide, O'Brien, so happy to meet you. Would you please do me the honor of introducing yourself and why are you here? Why is this topic important to you, Adelaide? Well, hi, Bonnie D. And, and I'm here because I help government agencies at the federal level digitally transform. And what that means is I help them use technology such as AI and cybersecurity to make sure that all of the information that individuals and companies have entrusted our federal government with is kept secure and it's not compromised and it's not hacked by cyber criminals. And that is very important to all of us. Thank you, Adelaide. Ruth B. Esner is back. Ruth B., reintroduce yourself. Everybody remembers you, but just in case there's (laughs) 2.3 people who don't talk to them. Go ahead, Ruth B. Uh, I am Ruth B. I head up our government insights, education, and smart cities practice. I have the honor of working with all the people that I'm on podcast with, such as Adelaide. Um, so I look at both government education around the emerging technologies that are really important to improve services for people. And I'm all about technology for good. That's really, I think, at the core of what we're doing is how do you use technology you know, look, government impacts the most people in the world, every single person in the world every day. So how do we help them use technology to do that better? Thank you. And that certainly is a topic that is discussed, debated, right, Adelaide and Ruth B., by by pundits, by analysts, by people. I have a neighbor who said to me, I hate technology, and she's texting me on her cell phone. <laughs> I hate technology. Her name happens to be Karen, but we won't have a separate <laughs> show. We'll just leave that alone. Yes, Karen, you hate technology. That's fine. Okay, let's talk about, I have asked Adelaide O'Brien as the lead on this segment to send me a quote from a movie, a song, a fictional character. And she picked a very interesting quote, two of them actually, from the Wicked Witch of the West, played by Margaret Hamilton. So far away in time, I don't think anybody's around who even remembers her. My former late mother-in-law, I won't give her name, knew Margaret Hamilton somehow Mm -hmm. in, in Seattle. I don't know what they had to do with each other. Anyway, the movie, The Wizard of Oz, classic 1939 film based on L. Frank Baum's 1900 novel, 
the wonderful Wizard of Oz, and the Wizard of Oz is still top of mind for so many people. Here are the two quotes Adelaide picked. Adelaide, you're going to tell us how they relate to our topic. I can't even imagine how. And then spend a little time. I'll add some other topics for you to talk about, and we'll get Ruth B.'s reaction. So here's one quote. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. I hope I did that right. The second quote, one was not enough for Adelaide. Who would have thought a good little girl like you could destroy all my wickedness? Oh, I never wanted to have to do an impersonation of Margaret Hamilton. Adelaide, rescue me. Go ahead. Okay. Well, what's interesting is when I think of all the recent cybersecurity attacks you know, we had the solar wind software supply chain, and then also the, the criminals who disrupted, you know, our gas supplies. You know, the persona of the Wicked Witch of the West just came to mind, right? And when you think of it, she was after not only Dorothy, but her innocent little dog, Toto, right? So what happens is when, when cyber criminals are attacking, you know, the federal government, they're not only after government information, but each and every one of us have entrusted our personally identifiable information to the federal government. So, you know, just like Toto, you know, we're there too. We're victims of, of these attacks. And then, of course, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy prevails. Uh, she ends up being able to get home, but it's not without a pretty long and arduous journey, if you will, down the yellow brick road, right? And there she meets all kinds of folks that can help her, the Tin Man, the Lion, you know, and the Scarecrow. And that, to me, basically personified all of the different vendors who are investing in technology and are setting up and helping government become much more secure. You know, they're setting up 24-7 operations center to help notify the agencies. So, you know, and the fact that, that Dorothy actually, you know, the Wicked Witch, the very powerful, wicked person, and I think of the cybersecurity, um, you know, bad guys, if you will, you know, um, trying to really get after our information, our government data, our individual data, and, and she prevailed. Um, but it was a journey and it, and it took a while and it took commitment on her part. So that's why those two quotes, um, you know, kind of resonated with me. And, and again, every time I, I hear about another hack or another, you know, leak or, or, or something else, it's that wicked with that, that awful person that we can prevail and, and we can make sure that uh, we stop her. Adelaide, I think that was a brilliant <laughs> anecdotal relationship or a parable or a parody of wizard. I've never heard that before. And it applies. Ruth B. just quickly comments on her choice of quote. What do you think? I love it. I actually was waiting to hear what the explanation was going to be. I really love the imagery of the Wicked Witch of the West being the bad guy and the Wizard of Oz behind all this shrouded crazy stuff, pulling levers and doing stuff, which is happening right in the world. And then Dorothy is sort of the government trying to stand up for our rights. And then, of course, all these little totos who get their identities stolen and really have their poor little lives, right, uh, messed up. And uh, so I I love it. I think it's it's apt. So thank you, Adelaide. I don't think anybody knew where you're going to go with that. Brilliant. Now, Adelaide and Ruth B., we have a few minutes. I want to touch on some topics interesting here. I'm looking at your notes, Adelaide O'Brien. You want to talk about the pandemic that exacerbated the need to secure government data. That's one. I want you to also talk about how technologies are assisting agencies or can assist agencies in meeting their mandates 
A lot of mandates on the table right now. And I think the one that people really want to hear about, Adelaide, is moving from trust but verified to a zero trust market. Do you want to start with that one? Because that's intriguing. I think that requires a little level setting. Adelaide, it's up to you. Go ahead. Well, yeah, so actually, let me let me start with the pandemic, because that, that kind of sets up the, the moving from trust, but verified to zero trust. And, you know, before the pandemic, what we saw at, at, at the U.S. level on federal government is they really re- relied on firewalls and border protections to secure government information, because it was there inside the agency, and that's where folks worked, right? But then the pandemic came along, and it forced uh, all these federal employees some of them would never telework to work at home. So what did, what did the agencies do? They hurried up and they, you know, they get soft phones, sh- you know, shipped PCs to their homes. But then as everyone started working virtually, everything became very, very vulnerable due to these virtual interactions. And so what did that do? It actually exposed brand new attack surfaces that can be exploited by cyber criminals. So the, this also then, as we know, then heightened not only the risk to agency information, but individual information, which is stored, you know, in, in agency data centers. So then what we're seeing now is agencies recognizing and realizing not only during this pandemic, and we know that it's going to be a hybrid workforce for a while, but as they get ready for the next pandemic, the next disruption, the next cybersecurity attack, they really have to think about protecting you know, this huge network of wherever workers are. And so that's why they're thinking about going from a much more adaptive approach to, you know, trust but verify, uh, which also suggests latency in, in determining that you're actually a bad actor to trust. Zero trust is trust nobody, trust nothing, and, and make sure that you are who you say you are, that that device is actually your laptop or your phone, and that you are authorized to actually get access to this particular information at this particular time. And that's going to change over time because your clearances will change, your access to information will change. So it, 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 it's a very different concept of being, you know, very proactive uh, and, and not trusting anybody and then um, allowing only those who have, have met the credentials and have access to the information to actually gain that access. So it's a whole different mindset. Um, and then the other thing, Bonnie, I was gonna say is that um, not only did the pandemic you know, kind of heighten this whole thing, but in May, we saw for the federal agencies an executive order that, that really called out so many actions that they had to take to improve our nation's cybersecurity. And so zero trust is one of those, and that's what I've been talking about. But agencies also have to do all kinds of other things. They have to get their employees up to speed. They have to train them. Um, They have to uh, make sure that the identity is authorized of all the different people. So agencies are, are working right now through that. There's all kinds of help for them. Uh, agencies such, such as NIST are giving them different standards to look at. And also the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure uh, Security Agency recently published an entire um, maturity model. It's an architecture on, on zero trust so that agencies can, can see where they are today, what's their baseline, and what's it going to take them for them to get much more mature in more of an optimized stage in zero trust. 
Thank you, Adelaide. So much information to cover, so little time. But these are intended to be just a a peek into important Mm -hmm. topics that IDC Thought Leadership is looking at and focusing on. Ruth B. Yesner, we need your conversational topics, your conversational comments here. Agree or disagree with Adelaide? I think I know where you're going to go. Ruth B., you're up. (laughs) Yeah, so I I agree with Adelaide. Um, So, and, and, you know, just short comments, you know, I just want to reiterate this concept of zero trust, um, which about trusting no one, I think it's just going to be more and more important seeing what's happening in the environments. And so you don't wait and see, you really start off with everybody is not trusted. And that has really profound implications for how things are set up. So I think we're going to see a lot there. And I, I also just wanted to add this, this point when we talk about resilience and we talk about weather and we talk about sustainability is that this is becoming more embedded with security and cybersecurity. So now we see compound crises, right? You could have, um, you know, an earthquake and, and a weather event, right? These vulnerabilities are being exploited by these wicked witches and these bad actors. They can predict weather events up to a couple days and they can then say, oh, there's going to be a weather event here. This is a good time for a misinformation campaign on social media. This is a good time for a, a, you know, a denial of service attack, whatever. And so we really see all these issues becoming very merged with each other. And that makes this um, whole architecture and conversation more important. Thank you very much, both. Very interesting topic, but I have, I have a comment to add to both of you. This is the fodder for movies, for thrillers, <laughs> right? All of the things we're talking about. Think of the most exciting movies you will or won't see, you did or didn't see, you heard or didn't hear about, where somebody's saying, let's look at a weather Forecast. Let's look at a vulnerability in a system. Let's look at. I, I interviewed recently a gentleman who talks about uh, social. Uh, there's a word for it. Uh, social something where he's talking about he and a colleague went to a very secure U.S. government facility. They went on the dark under the dark of night. They drove their car within a quarter of a mile. They walked the rest of the way. They scaled a fence. They knew when the guard dogs were coming. They knew when the fence would be electrified. They penetrated the building. And this was all accomplished by having a person in their office call up the facility and say, I lost my invitation to your secure event coming up. Can you please give me the credentials? And the person on the phone gave them everything they needed to get in the building. So anyway, it's just an interesting concept of all we're talking about is how do government secure and Adelaide your points were so well taken it affects every one of us the cybersecurity. it's not just about government it's not just about companies and pri- private and proprietary data it affects every single one of us and we read about the breaches and we shudder and we shiver Adelaide O'Brien so much to talk about I wish we had more time Ruth B. Yesner it's always such a pleasure I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another very interesting episode of IDC thought leadership. We've been talking about government, smart cities, education. This is part two of a three-week look at these important areas, and there's so much more. Stay tuned, and if you have any questions or comments, go to idc.com and put in insights at idc.com. Email us, and we'll be happy to talk to you. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. (laughs) 
Thanks again for tuning in to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. IDC is committed to helping IT and business leaders build the future enterprise. Email your comments and questions to insights at idc.com. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel for additional sessions with IDC. IDC.